Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell, and I'm with Tracy Reynolds, my dear friend. Tracy, it's nice to be able to have this conversation with you and a dear friend that we both have. Absolutely, man. Thrilled to have Coach T.J. Rosine with us this morning, man. Tell us some more about Coach Rosine. Well, what I want to say is uh, for the last uh, 15 years, I guess, T.J., you and I have been uh, very good friends. I've been able to watch you coach basketball. He's the men's basketball coach at Emmanuel College and uh, doing a lot of other things in this basketball world. That's why I feel like you're, uh, TJ, you're such a good fit for the conversations we have here at Next Step Leadership. So um, yeah, officially, we just want to welcome you, but thanks again for your friendship and, and the leadership example that you that you set for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me, guys. And both of you have been just big mentors in my life and uh, just on this journey to impact young people and, and people uh, through the game of basketball, which is my vessel uh, of impact, um, you guys have both influenced me in huge ways. So excited to be here. Well, Thanks. tell us tell us a little bit about your experience of coaching and and all of the uh, the ways that you have been a, a leader in this next generation. Yeah, so I actually do a lot and uh, a lot of things, but when I choose what things I want to do. Um, I want to choose things that have impact, an opportunity to impact other people. And so I'm the director of coach development at Point Guard College. Um, I have a podcast, Hardwood Hustle, which is meant to educate and inspire and encourage, which is primarily coaches um, that listen. And then Emmanuel College, where I get to impact young people. And uh, that's it's really all of those things are as a world of collision of things that I love doing. I love impacting coaches because I know the impact that they have on people. Billy Graham, you know, he always says that most coaches will impact more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. I and so, that. yeah, and, and, and I believe that. And so the opportunity to, to, you know, educate and empower and encourage coaches is a passion of mine. And the opportunity to do that with young people and coaching my team is a passion of mine. So I'm really fortunate to be, doing things that I love every day. You know, I'm, I was just sitting here in Oconee County. I'm thinking back to when I first heard the name Rosine, and it was not you, it was your father. Mm. And uh, so you have quite a heritage in basketball and doing exactly what you're talking about. Take us a bit back there and uh, some of your roots, and uh, you probably remember some things about Oconee <laughs> County. But yeah. Be careful, though. I have to work here. Yeah, gosh. You know, my dad was, um, I grew up in, in California, just outside Los Angeles in Burbank, and uh my dad was a high school coach out there for a long time, and then he, he went into the business world. Coach John Wooden, who a lot of people would know, is the one that helped him get a job here in Atlanta. And primarily, he got out of coaching. He was actually going to go work at UCLA for John Wooden, but the pay, you know, for an assistant coach, a third assistant coach at UCLA at the time, was a lot less than even a high school coach. And wow. so, um, I had three older brothers and sisters who were like 9, 10, 11 years older than me, and uh, they were all getting towards the age of going to college, and you know, mom was was kind of frustrated with how much he was gone, how busy he was, and so ended up making this move, and you know, I thought that was the end of dad's coaching career, which was you know, 25 years, and then when I got into high school, 
you know, he just had worked so hard and, and mom wanted him to go back to doing what he loved, which was coaching. And so I was really fortunate to, to play for my dad and really is the one that inspired me to be a coach. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, what did you get from him? And I don't remember anything that he did on the basketball court, but I do remember this. I remember a lot of young people that would run through a wall for him mm. that just um, loved playing for him. And I remember at his funeral, many of those people showing up and, mm telling me stories about how he instilled confidence that they never had and how they made how he, he made them believe in themselves in a way they never believed in themselves and it was just inspiring for me to hear and, and to watch and coach wooden had a huge influence over his life and many of you know his story and yeah. uh, what a great christian leader and coach he was and um and so it made me want to do that because i know how he impacted my life and saw probably more importantly than my own life is how he impacted other people's lives from, you know, kids that were, um, that had nothing to, to kids that had overbearing parents to all kinds of different people. And he just impacted them in different ways. And man, I thought, gosh, if I could, if I could do some of that, I'd feel like it was a, a life well lived. And so I wanted to do something with impact and saw him do it well. And that's why I chose coaching. Well, you are definitely doing that, TJ. And uh, it's it's interesting to think about how we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. Mm-hmm. And as we're developing leaders, we, you know, people have developed us and poured into us. You mentioned something I think I know is important to you, and I'd love you to go there. Talk about how you came to know Jesus and how, man, how Christ has impacted your life. You know, so is this is a, so it's such an interesting talk, and these are the talks that I I, I love to have in just a, a way that's not planned. You know, we were just in a van on our way to a game in, in Fort Lauderdale, heading down to West Palm Beach to play a game, and this is the conversation that came up in the van with with uh, six college students. You know, and and you know, I grew up and I grew up Catholic, and my mom was um, and still does go to church every day of the week. There's not a day that she misses. Um, and you know, my journey was one of kind of a little bit of deconstructing my faith. You know, like what do I really believe? Because most of us grow up in an environment where, you know, we just kind of oftentimes do the way what we were raised, however we were taught, what we learned. And um, you know, I met my wife and. She was um, she was Baptist. I was Catholic, and we were both searching. We knew that we both, you know, wanted to love the Lord. I don't say love the Lord. We wanted to love mm-hmm. the Lord. Um, but mm-hmm. my college years, and I think this is why God chose college for me, is because uh, my college years were not not good. They're not something that I'm super proud of. And and when I say not good. It was it was a part of my journey and a part of my story that I'm thankful for. But it was a lot of choices that I, I wished that I probably hadn't made. And so when I think, why did, why did God choose college for me? Why did he not choose the NBA? Why did he not choose middle school basketball or, or high school basketball? It's because so much of my story was in college where, um, you know, I grew up um, going to church, you know, often. And um, as soon as I got on my own, all of that stopped. I stopped going to uh, church. I stopped uh, seeking him. And to be honest with you, when I started to make bad decisions, which I think a lot of people do, and, and I almost wanted to hide from God. I mm. wanted him not to see what was going on. You know, we know that he can see, but I wanted him not to see that. And so the further I stayed away from church, the more I felt like, okay, he's not seeing this or I'm not accountable for this. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that was a really tough time. And, and, and it really, that baggage led right into our marriage where we were married maybe maybe four or five months and I saw a U-Haul going the other way and my wife was mm-hmm. leaving. And uh, 
And I think that uh, even though we both wanted to to be about the Lord and love the Lord, we, we weren't we weren't committed to that. So when I say deconstructing my faith, coming back to you know, why do I want to have a relationship with him? Why do I want to live that type of life? And it really, honestly, when she left, that's when I'd say um, the beginning of my journey started where it was kind of, uh, um, gosh, how are we going to get back to him? And because I realized everything of this world, Ecclesiastes, everything of this world is what I was after. Mm. And, uh, and none of it filled me, you know, none of it made my heart whole. And so, you know that that's you know a big part of my journey is going through all of that and, and desiring all the things of the world and then recognizing that that's not where it's at and uh, and then her and I began this journey of of uh, you know hey, how are we really truly going to have a relationship with the Lord how are we going to change our, our lives in a way that honors Him and uh, and so that's the biggest probably part of of, of my journey uh, of faith mm-hmm. is is really the hard times leading to recognizing that I was missing the point that I mm. didn't I didn't have what was most important. Boy, that is that's heavy stuff, TJ. And and what happened next? You know, how did you find that? How did you move yourself to that place of just falling in love with Jesus and and restoring your marriage and becoming the man that you are today? Yeah. You know, I mean, first of all, it was painful. I mean, it was painful to see her leave. It was mm. it was painful to come to grips with where I was at, you know, with the decisions that I was making and, and, uh, just all the things that I was choosing. It was painful to think that, man, God could love me through all this, mm-hmm. despite all this. Cause I knew who he was and I knew how good he was and I, I didn't choose him. And mm-hmm. I, to accept the fact that well, he could come back and still love me despite all of that. I mean, that was really hard to do because in my mind, I, I just couldn't fathom that. And so I think the biggest next step was forgiving, myself and just accepting him and i think that uh, one of the biggest impacts you know to to that journey was mentorship and it was discipleship where people were coming into my life and and i really think there was pivotal key people in my life who helped me to understand that i was loved i was cared for i was forgiven for the things that i had done because i couldn't myself make sense of that and so um, there was people that I think God purposefully put into my life, and both of you being part of those people, because we were still on that journey when we came to Emmanuel, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, along, I could go forever about each step of the way where somebody was in my life that helped me to recognize here's something I needed, here's a change I needed yeah. to make, here's why I needed to choose this. Thanks for sharing there. Yeah. Thanks for for going there. You know, you said something earlier about you know it's it was painful. Hmm. Well, I think that pain is oftentimes, TJ, the, the connecting point. There's plenty of pain to go around in this world, right? And there's plenty of pain now. Um, and I'm thinking you also used another word that I, I love, and that's mentors, that God sends people purposely. Sometimes it's for a reason. Yeah. Sometimes it's for a season. And then sometimes it's for a lifetime. It's, it's, it, there are mm-hmm. people that God places in, in our lives. And, and now we're on the other side of that. To watch you do the same that people have done for you is such a powerful but beautiful and simple in some ways. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You know, when I think about one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given, it's, it's a piece of advice that played out in my life when talking about mentors coming into my life is, you know, can you see young people with they're doing the best with what they, they know? And mm-hmm. I'm thankful people stepped in my life and didn't judge me. 
didn't come yeah. in and say, well, he should know better or he should do that, you know. And I look at young people and, and there was a big change in my career when I stopped looking at them like, well, they should be doing this or they're not doing that. And honestly, like as sports fans, we do that all the time. We judge people. Well, that was stupid. They should have known this. And, and I think back to a time when a young person came into our gym and, and is a very good player, Division One transfer, and uh, you know, a lot of stereotypical things. You know, um, it wasn't the most clean cut, tattoos everywhere. Um, and they were in the gym playing and, uh, you know, had his pants below his waist, tattoos everywhere and, and, and cursing like a sailor. And it, there was a time in my coaching career where I walked in there and say, hey, we don't do that. Da, 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 get on the line, run. Da, you know, mm-hmm. w- that would have been how I would have discipled that young person by discipline. And a lot of time coaches default to discipline. Mm-hmm. But because I had been mentored, uh, I saw it through a different way. And because of that piece of advice, just seeing each young person as they're doing the best with what they know, I did something different. I went in there, I put my arm around them, and I said to them, hey, hey JB, listen. Um, and I went through each one of those things. I said, you know, if you could pull your pants up you know, above your waist, I said, there's a lot of young ladies, including my wife and children, that are going to walk through here. I think that'd be a really just more respectful way to do things. And then mm-hmm. as far as your language, like let's, let's learn something better than that. There's way better words that you can use, more articulate, that are just going to make you come across in a different way that I think will just make you a better man. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, need to, we need to cut that language out and, and let's you and I work on ways to, to do this better. And uh, I put my arm around him. I said, can you, can you do that for me? And he said, no problem, coach. And for the next four years, I never once again had to remind that person uh, to stop using poor language or pull their pants up other way. You know, like I never had to do that. And there was other battles and journeys because that person, where they were in their faith journey, you know, there was a lot of uphill battles to go. But just meeting him where he was at and mentoring where he was at, not judging him where he should be or what I yeah. thought was acceptable or not acceptable um, was was big, I think, in his life. But it was really big for me as a mentor just to see somebody respond in that way as well. You did uh, so many good things in that. We often dwell on what we should do and not how we mm. should do it. You could have said those same statements in other ways that would not have had that good effect. Yeah. And and TJ, I, I just love my time with you. I love watching you. I love watching you coach. And I could, you know, we could just have so many stories here. But I'm I'm thinking about one of those one of those basketball games where man, it was tight and and like the game could have gone either way. And you know where I'm sitting? I'm sitting right behind the bench. And and the and the coach in my mind is like listening to the the, the coach in your mind. And and this one time out, I'm thinking, man, TJ, is, he's got so much to tell them in a short amount of time. But you said very few words. But the way you said those words, it like it prepared them to go out and finish strong. And we won the game. And so how, how, how does that apply to all of us, to those in ministry, those in you know, coaching, and, and just in life, mentoring? Sometimes fewer words can be the best words if spoken the right way. Yeah. Well, our words have power, you know, and um, I, I think when you're in moments of, you know, intensity where there's stress and a, a lot of times it's not even, referring back to what you said a second ago, it's not always like what you say, what you sometimes it's how you do what you do. Yeah. And I think just coming with a, a calming presence, and I think you, you watch Jesus do that many times in his life, right? He, he didn't, he just showed up and, and 
a lot of times didn't even say anything. He just went the way rather than mm-hmm. than than, than uh, went went before them. And so I think in moments like that, and they all require different things. And that's the interesting thing about leadership is is I think a lot of times we want it to be science, like in situation A, do this, and situation B, do this. But most of the times, leadership is fluid. And leadership is is something that's more of an art than I think it is a science. And so when you get into that moment, I think the best leaders that I know feel the heartbeat of the people they're leading. What do they need in this moment? What do they need in this moment of life? What do they need in this moment of of business or discipleship or whatever moment it is? And so I think you know I don't know what moment because I've been in a lot of those moments. I, you know I was a head, I was the youngest head college coach in the country at twenty three and just turned forty three. So twenty years that's a lot of games of being in intense moments. And so um, what I could default to is probably despite not knowing that moment is knowing that I was trying to feel the heartbeat of what does that team need right now in this moment. Mm, yeah. And I'm thinking about what so many of our of our teams need today, you know, our teams of of just people facing difficulty in relationships, uh, difficulties pastoring churches. We have so many pastors that are stepping down now and moving away from burnout and and uh, yeah, there's just just so many issues that are that are bringing stress and tension, and we feel like we're like close to the end of the game, and we don't know if we're going to win. But but uh, th- you know, thank God we have that coach Jesus who's speaking to us. But then He sends other coaches into our lives to to breathe life and to to speak life into us. And TJ, you're you're doing such a great job with that. And we we're going to um, keep you uh, for the for the next podcast, and we'll ask you a few more questions and. And let you tell us some just some good takeaway lines of how we can just find right in the middle of the chaos of, of all the questions that we're going through, close to the uh, close to this tight score of a game. We can make sure that uh, we find ways to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Their debut single is coming October 29th. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans to learn more and pre-save their new song, Somebody Famous. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday. So join us again next week on The Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.